Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Knicks podcast, the podcast where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA. Good to be back. I am Jason Talbot, and with me, of course, today is none other than Marcus Chinqui. Marcus, how are we doing? Uh, it's been a while. I'm doing, yeah, we're doing pretty good. Nice little Saturday morning, you know. Yeah, the Saturday morning cast. Blue skies. Uh, it's a little chilly, but you know, we're in, we're into January now. What's the what's the weather looking like in New York? I wish I could ask Alexa and find out, but oh yeah, uh, <laughs> it is ooh twenty five degrees, blistery. Ooh yeah, it's uh, it's about the same here in Detroit, Michigan. Hey. Yeah, people keep see people always ask how do you guys do this podcast, and they realize that we're not in the same place, so. Yeah, te- technology is pretty amazing <laughs> these days. I got a I got a robot uh, Echo around the house, just uh, helping me live my life. It's it's great. Uh, it's making you lazier than than you need to be. Yeah, um, it's helpful I, though, I guess. Hey, a product of the holidays, a few gifts here and there. You have a you have a good a good holiday break. Uh, I did. Yeah, went down to Atlanta for a few days. ATL missed Atlanta. Yeah. What a great city! Shout out shout out to Atlanta. Yeah, just being I mean, an awesome got that city. got that barbecue, as always. A little Chick Fil A. Fat Matt's. I did not go to Fat Matt's. Ooh. We went to uh, what's the other one? There's another place down there that's pretty popular. That we went to that's pretty good. Okay. I wish I, I had. I do have my Fat Matt sauce, so I brought it back with me. Okay. Okay. Just for okay. Everyday smoking and crock potting. Yeah, this uh, this Saturday morning you'll probably be hearing us sipping our coffee and tea. Uh, throughout the show, it's, you know, it's that it's that time of season. You just, you know, yeah, gotta keep warm. Make sure your <laughs> make sure the speaking voice is feeling good. Uh, yeah, so it's gonna be back from the holidays. Uh, I was down in Florida visiting family. Uh, I actually, I mean, the news is out. Uh, I recently got engaged, so that was that was a pretty life altering moment. Thank you, Some thank applause. you, man. Yeah. Uh, so now, yeah, fun, fun wedding planning is already beginning. So is I it? Need... I thought I thought you had to wait I, until February. I know, I know. Well, yeah, like that was gonna happen. <laughs> like that was but gonna happen. Gotta, I want to clear my mind, get back to the podcast, talk sports. There, there has been so much going on uh, over the last month. I mean, just not just NBA, sports news, everything. Uh, actually, before we get into our New York Knicks talk, which we will talk about. We're also going to talk a, a lot of other NBA stuff today. I was kind of hoping we could talk a little football, uh, starting with the New York Jets, because they hired Adam Gase as their head coach. Tell me and, what you think. And I'd love to, I'd love you, to get You want to hear what I think? Um, classic Jets move. Um, you know, and I'm not in there with the coaches and what they see and this and that, but... I'm a firm believer that the current state of the NFL, it's all about the offense. And you saw it this last week with Philly beating Chicago with that ridiculous defense. Trubisky only second-year QB. It's an offensive league now. that they, They've turned the league into this, and the best offensive teams are the teams that are going to succeed. So this idea... Yeah, did, the, did the Eagles really... Well, 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 yeah, well, we'll get back to that. But Adam Gase, look at people argue he's an offensive head coach. First of all, in Miami, the guy starts off three and oh, and then finishes the season four and nine. And one of those wins was that crazy play against uh, New England where they were lateraling back and forth. It was like the little Giants play at the end of the game, a little annexation (laughs) of Puerto Rico, and they win. So pretty awful end. But this guy's career has been. QB coach, offensive assistant with the Lions. Then an offensive assistant to the 49ers. Then an offensive coordinator to the Broncos. Then the offensive coordinator of the Bears. And then to the Dolphins. The offenses of these teams are trash and have been trash. Like, I just don't understand this hire at all. And it's classic Jets. So what? He'll be the coach, what, for three years until we get someone new? I hate it. It's 
I mean, the Jets are probably still going to be bad for a little bit as Darnold grows. But when you have an opportunity to hire, bring in a fresh face. That, that's all I'm saying. I want, I want to see someone new. I, I just, and it's the Dolphins, the same division. The guy just finished 7-9 and nine in Miami. It just None of it makes sense to me. The only thing that makes sense is that. It's the Jets, and that's that's what we do. Uh, Hugh Jackson was the other guy I thought we'd be like the, the, the coaching hire that could have been more ridiculous. So I hate it. I hate everything about it, <laughs> and uh, it just oh man. I mean, well, who would you, would you who would you have preferred them to? Anyone? To I I don't know. I just. I mean, Rex said he was open to coming back. But no, they'll never. They'll never As I said, <laughs> I, I like the idea of them bringing in an offensive-minded coach because I think that's what you need to do, especially with Sam Darnold, and moving forward with the Jets. But not this guy. Um, I would have loved to have heard a name that I've never heard before. Uh, just take a risk on a guy. I, I don't know. It with would this guy's resume, coach? that seems to be what everyone maybe, sure. is trying to do. Is... Yeah. Um, but just looking at this guy, I, I don't get it. You know, uh, it is what it is. I'm over it. I'm over it. I, I don't <laughs> just like have it. to let that up. Um, but besides that, NFL playoffs got some big games this weekend. Um, who are you liking? Who? I mean, I'm curious uh, to see. If I were, if I were a betting man, I was looking into it today. I was thinking about placing some bets, but then I, gotta, I don't know. We'll see a, what happens in the next. I got a nice hours. little future uh, sitting there. But. Uh, yeah, I kind of I, I'm on the fence about the Colts and the Chiefs. I just think to win the to win it to win win it all, or just, just to win, win game? just to win today. Oh, okay. If the if the the Colts are gonna have to put up at least 35 points if they're gonna beat the Chiefs, and can they? Yes, we already see like it's snowing in Kansas City. Love that. Uh, what that's gonna do to the to the the lineups and the schemes and how everyone's going to play them. But sure. I, I think I would have to take in these games. I always go with the, with the team that played the wild card because they got a little momentum coming in. So maybe I say the yeah. Colts take this one. God, such a giants fan, such God. a, such a giants fan mentality. You knew, you knew where that was coming from. <laughs> uh, it's funny you say that because I, I've thought all season there's been, the top teams and there's been everyone else. So I see all the one and two scenes winning. I think it's going to be Chiefs. I think it's going to be Rams. I think it's going to be your Saints. And I think it is going to be the Patriots. When I look on paper, who is the likely top team to lose based on matchup? I want to say it's the Chargers over the Pats. But I, I can't. I've seen it enough. Tom Brady. And Bill doing their thing <laughs> in Foxborough. I just charges blowing it. The, the the game script. I I can't do it. So I like all the top teams. Part of me want a lot of people. Stephen A picked the Cowboys. Uh, I saw, Ugh. which I, I don't understand. Uh, I think but the I, only the I, only lock. I like I said the other day. I think the Saints are the only hundred percent. I would say they got they're going to win that game. I do not see, and that's not. Sure. The Giants fan Indians yeah. say it's just they, they are a better team. And you give them a shot at home that they're gonna light them up. And Eagles are flying high right now. And Ugh, that game God. that's another game that I'm a little <laughs> uh you know worried about for the Saints just because like of all the teams you want to play. This this Eagles team, they're they brought in a lot of, a lot of new pieces and they're finally clicking, but uh I, I'll stick to my the top seeds, you're going to see a 1-2 versus 1-2 because it's been that way all season. And, you know, if there's one team, like you said, that I'm a little iffy about, like the, the hottest wild card team, that would be the Colts. And for me, unfortunately, they're running into the Kansas City Chiefs, who I have picked going into the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. I originally had preseason the Rams winning the Super Bowl, but I think the Rams losing Cooper Cup and that defense just hasn't been playing up to its – uh, potential, I have kind of switched my pick over to the Chiefs. I still, I still actually like a Chiefs Rams uh, Super Bowl. I think that's I likely. Mean, I think everyone would love to see that, and because uh, you just have a fully offensive Super Bowl it, where they score, it's an offensive league. Points. 
it is uh, it is an offensive league, and you can even see that in all the teams that are left, uh, maybe minus the uh, the Cowboys. But uh, even the Cowboys' offense, I mean, with signing Amari Cooper, have been pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So, do you like? Are you on board with the with the Chiefs Rams Super Bowl? Are you? Most people are on the Saints. To, they're the, they're the Vegas favorite too. To win I think the that fight. would be the the Saints would be the only team to that could mess that up, but. Also, like yeah, the Rams have looked as good the last few games yeah. as they started the season. So, I mean, Gurley's back. Yep. Say he's looking healthy. You never know. And yeah, they're just gonna have to score a lot of points. Like everyone was like, "Oh, that's the best offense they've seen in years," and then it just kind of tapered off. And now it's like, okay, people really believe in it. Let's see them go out there and score forty-five points and yeah, beat up on. Uh, Everybody, so yeah, it's, we'll see. Uh, and then Kansas City, you got a rookie quarterback. You know, you never yeah. know what's set. Well, yeah, first time playing, second year. I just that dude Mahomes, man, is a just unbelievable. And that offense, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, um, and even you know they lost Hunt, and but Damian Williams has looked good. And I I never thought Hunt was like the most amazing player. I thought it was partly because of the system and Andy Reid. So I think Williams is. Uh, doing a great job and yeah i still that i think the afc is a little weaker easier road for the chiefs even though they do have the colts but you know the colts beat the texans last week and i, I don't know i think every, uh, every year everyone is like oh this is the year of the texans i'm like no no it's not it's the, everyone says that about the chiefs too they're like they, no, not the chiefs the uh the chargers that the chargers it's always right. like they're, they're oh they're so close they almost got there but eh, whoops yep. philip rivers can't do it can't come through but oh. I do think I think this year they take out the Patriots. I don't you know, do, man. I I, right. I hope so. Uh, I just can't I can't go against Tommy Terrific. I, I as a Jet fan, I've seen it too many times. Where you just uh. and you know what's kind of crazy that's probably going to happen. I was talking about this yesterday that you know every time the Patriots look like they're gonna fall off, they pick up somebody right. that turn that just keeps Tom around for another couple of years. You know what I feel like is going to happen? Antonio Brown. Oh, going to ne- end up on the Patriots. Really? And Interesting. That's it's such a Pat's move that they would somehow get him on the team, and then they, it's like them pulling up, pulling out Randy Moss, and they win sixteen games. But I gotta tell you, I like it. I, it's I, not. I, it's not crazy. I, that never <laughs> crossed my mind, and I don't think that's that's not too crazy. I. Uh, they're always just like one, like they'll they'll make it to the Super Bowl or AFC Championship game, and yeah. then somebody will leave, and they'll just bring somebody else better in the next season. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note of that. I I, <laughs> I really like that. Uh, uh, oh, I would hate. All it. All right. But, well, yeah. when you're who's ever listening to this, you'll the games have probably already happened. So I hope uh, I hope you're right, and we'll send yeah. us a tweet. Let us know. What you think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> send us a tweet. Uh, all right. So. Let's not forget, this is the Let's Talk Knicks podcast, so we have to, I guess, talk about them a little bit. The Knicks, NBA, are currently 10-32. and 32. They are tied for second-worst record in the league. They just lost to the Indiana Pacers by 15 last night. And they're hot garbage. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say it. Watching... You know what we were saying at the beginning of the season? The Knicks are fun to watch, and it's fun to see all these young guys. It's not fun anymore. It's not. It's, 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 it's hard. settled in what it is. Yeah, and, and you know, I preach patience, this and that. I'm losing my patience. George is getting upset. Uh, it's real bad. It's just real bad. Uh, as far as this season, it, it feels like I think we can say the season is lost. And uh, I think that's a perfect time to discuss Kristaps Porzingis because mm. there are reports coming out that he'll be reevaluated in February, but even bigger, they want to sit him for the rest of the year. And he's not happy about that because he wants to play. So two, a couple questions on that. Do you think this rumor is true? Um, I believe that there is truth to it, which I'm sure there is, but I believe this to be true since the beginning of the season, 
that they were true gonna, that they're going to sit him. That they're going to that... sit him, and especially now that they're ten and thirty-two and tied for second worst in the league. As soon as they came out and said they were going to do the reevaluation in February, that told me that they're going to sit on the rest of the year because their season was looking really bad. And what's the the only point I would see to bring him back is to just get him some minutes, like give him a couple ten minutes so we can get some NBA time, this and that. But when you really think about it, what if you're the organization? You're trying to tank now. Losing is in your best interest. Mark Cuban just got fined for saying this. And a coach, I feel like, every year does. But losing is in the Knicks' best interest right now. So I understand Chris Stapps is competitive, and maybe he is upset. And with all these talks and this rumor is true, totally sounds like it could be true. But is it enough where it's going to start some kind of, you know, is it ruffling those feathers where Chris Stapps is going to want to leave uh, you know, I, how do you think this is all plays out and how do you feel about the rumor itself and if it's, you know, true or how much weight does it hold? I mean, this, it makes me a little nervous, just a little bit, because these rumors have been circulating for the last year, pretty much, because of his crazy brother and whatnot. So that, that you never know what is actually true and what isn't because he says a lot of inflammatory things. But I think it's definitely true that he's going to sit the entire season. And like you said, it makes perfect sense now. And like we said before, you know, like I'd like to see him come back because they could be in the position to make a playoff push. That's the only way, the only reason you bring him back. And that's, now good. We and, know. that's and that's out of the question. Now we know that's completely out of the question. <laughs> yeah. So it's the only reason to bring him in is, like you said, get him a little run. But now it's like, yeah, sit him, you know, because it's not going to really help anybody. He's young. He'll get his game back after like a, once he starts really practicing. At least we know he's at least participating Yeah. in practices. He's playing one-on-ones. He's going to upgrade to... You know, probably three on threes and stuff, some full court stuff, and yeah, let him let him sit. And I get it; he's upset, but he can't let this be something that turns you off to the team completely. And that's what I'm worried about: is someone's putting stuff in his head to be like they're not looking out for your best interest, and he's just got to realize, yes, they are, and to just chill out because it's not yeah. gonna like. There's a plan in place, and I think they said he's on board. He knew this coming in that they weren't going to be very good, and he said they said he was okay with it. And I think they just need to make sure no one's putting whispers in yeah. his ear telling him otherwise. And and here's the thing too, you know, you're hearing also rumors about oh the Spurs are clearing cap space and they're really interested in him. And of course they're interested when he's a restricted free agent and other teams can make offers. Of course teams are going to be interested in this guy. So. That's totally fine. And what's going to happen? The Knicks are going to match the max offer. They're going to offer him as much money as they can. He's going to be a Nick. And that's not even up to him at this point. And then next year, he's going to start playing. And I believe all will be forgotten. What you worry about next year is if we start losing again and how, what is Chris Stapp's patience level at in his career and with the organization? And that's something we're not going to know until the team moves forward. So as far as all this talk with other teams being interested and he's not happy because he wants to play this year, all this stuff, this is all immediate reactions and a lot of hearsay and rumors. So whether it's true or not, I don't even think it matters because a year from now, it'll be something else. And this stuff, I don't think is the beginning of anything, uh, you know, I just think it is what it is. It's the New York media just stirring up things. It's yeah, it's, people it's hear a lot of nothing, something and they want to take it and run with it. And it's like, yeah, he's not he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's still showing up to the games. He doesn't. It, I'd love for him to do an interview at some point because he's yeah. clear, he's there. You know, just talk to him. But and he still is waiting for his opportunity to be playing on the Knicks. As the leader of this team, he hasn't even, he's never had that opportunity yet. It's, and he's getting bigger and strong. You can even see him. He's getting a little, putting on some weight, looking, he's looking good, man. I'm, I'm excited next year in the future and hope that he sticks around. But I think we just gotta, we gotta wait. This isn't, this isn't a real thing. 
uh, to worry about in my eyes versus other rumors we're hearing like Ennis Cantor and his po- and the possible trade. The big one that I've heard is Ennis and Courtney Lee for Zebo, bring back Zebo to New York and Amon Shumpert. And the whole thinking is Amon and Zebo's contract expire this year. So does Ennis Cantor's contract. And then Courtney Lee, we'd be dumping him for that extra year, giving us more cap space in the next year's free agency. I think it's a great trade because I don't think the Knicks have any intention of bringing back Courtney Lee or Ennis Cantor. So why not dump a contract? Or do you think what are I'm curious. I, I feel like everyone thinks that as far as Ennis Cantor's time in New York is probably going to be up after this. Yeah. And I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for him a little bit just because he's, I've never seen a more like happy guy to be in New York and, just like ready to play and like setting the goal for himself to be an all-star and all that stuff. It's like, well, you don't even give the guy a chance and you just kind of move yeah. him to the bench. And it's like, I don't know, it's tough for a young and He's not an, it's not like he's a vet. Like Courtney Lee is legit a vet. And his Cantor's only 26 years old. Like this is when he should be, you know, in the, I wouldn't say in his prime year. I'm like, he's okay. He's pretty good. He's not a superstar player, but he'd be good on a, like a really good backup on a on a better team. Yeah. And the Knicks like, are full he, of backups, basically. Like put him back to OKC, he'd be, you know, in a great position behind uh Sure. I mean what's his name? Well that's the whole Steve thing Adams. with this trade is that a, a team like Sacramento can actually use a guy like Cantor and Courtney Lee with with the way their lineup's constructed and they're actually making a playoff run. Um, those contracts do expire in the next year this year and next year, Courtney Lee. Um so to, to me, it actually, that's a good trade for both teams. Um, I'm surprised. I'd be surprised if it didn't happen. Um, and maybe Sacramento's just looking at other options. And uh, I, I can't see why the Knicks wouldn't do it. I can only see why maybe Sacramento is shopping around some other ideas and they're looking at all their options. But at, from a Knicks standpoint, it's a no-brainer. I, I and just, I think I, uh, I think Clyde would love to be able to say Zebo again. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know how much we want to talk about this too, but the whole Ennis. Now that we're talking about Ennis Cantor, just his whole uh, not going to the London game, and you're seeing him on CNN and uh, the you know this little thing he's got going on with the Turkish government and afraid for his life, and it's uh, it's pretty wild. I mean, I'm. Go Ennis, man. Like, you got some balls, dude. Like, speaking yeah, I don't know that we've uh, ever seen something like this in mainstream sports. Like, Yeah, not in our lifetime. Yeah, because, like, a guy, like, he talks about the government. And when you have a place that's willing to, like, hurt your family and you get death threats coming in. Like, he said he's getting, what's like, 100 a day or something. Or he's got hundreds of death yeah. threats over time. It's like... Uh, I mean, maybe he shouldn't go. Yeah, but and, how much different? I don't know how what safer he he would feel here versus in London. But um, and from listening to one of his interviews, it actually sounds like it was really the final decision was made by the organization because he could have come to London and they were going to give uh, him a security detail, but that would also entail giving security to the whole team. And I think the Knicks at that point were just like, you know what, it'll be safer for everyone if you just don't come. So if you're not there, there's no threat at all to the team um, and yourself. So we're not chasing a, a, a ring here, this regular season game in London. Like, just sit this one out, Ennis, and, um, you know, you you don't play defense anyway. Uh, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. Yeah, I, I like Ennis too, but I got a, one little fun uh, stat for you. I uh, found this stat. Now, this was from... A few games ago, but when Ennis Cantor's in the starting lineup with Vonley, Knox, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Moody, that's kind of been the new starting lineup, the scoring of the team, the offensive rating, rather, these are like the ratings. I, I, I don't know what different stats they take into account, but their offensive rating with Cantor was a 101.2. With Cornette, 
starting. So 130.4. It's a pretty significant difference. Defensive rating with Cantor, 117.6. Cornette, only a 103.6. Very odd. I, you know what? Now that I'm actually reading these again, I don't know what the hell this means. <laughs> can, we, can we edit that, this out? When I originally read this, I was like, this is so interesting. And now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't know what these mean. Okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on from that. Ooh, man. It's been a while since we did the last episode. We gotta, <laughs> gotta get back into get back into the groove. <laughs> All right, that's that's enough about MSK. And so you know, oh the other, the, let's go back to the Knicks. One more thing, Kevin Knox. I guess we're proud of him being the rookie of the month for December. He, I mean, he's looking better. He he looks a little bit more controlled. He, I think, you, I know your issues with him that you've had of like, it's a lot of head down to the basket and throwing it up, which I think he's still doing. He, he has a long way to go, even with the points that he's scoring. You like to see it, that he's improving, so I like that. Yeah, and but, it's also that they don't take into account, like, he's scoring most of his points in the first, like, quarter and a half. Right. And then the game gets out of control, and then he's just not, and he'll score, like, some garbage points. But, yeah, you know, so it's like a weird award to get because, like, yeah, they're looking at bad they're looking at rookies on bad teams that, and how they're doing against other bad teams. So <laughs> I couldn't agree more. It's really hard to judge yeah, a rookie on such a bad team putting up big numbers because it's like, well, the, the, he's on the court all the time, and they're really yeah. bad. So when you're losing by 40 points, and you're like, oh, my God, Knox put up 25 last night. It's like, yeah, but they lost by 40. So he's going up against, like, worst player. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> oh freaking Knicks. Okay. Last Knicks thing wanted to bring up. James Dolan. That was another big piece of news. Womp womp. <laughs> I didn't read this article about him selling the team, so I don't know exactly what all the hubbub was. <laughs> yeah, and it's not <laughs> even here. like okay, so I read most of it and it's not even like he said he would sell the team. He's, you know, he's talking about, it talks about, you know, how he got to the position he's in. He's kind of a goofball in his family and didn't, like, didn't really have any interest in doing it, but clearly it just kind of fell in his lap. And so, like, he's the majority owner of the team, but the whole family owns the team. So anything he does, it's ultimately his decision, but he would, but the rest of his family would want to keep the team in the Dolan with the Dolan name so but he's like yeah if I were to sell the team it would take a lot and I would guess like I think it was like at least five billion dollars to sell this team and it's not that he said he has any interest he has no interest in being an owner of a sports franchise but he said that it's like it's not his thing like it's not his thing like I mean we not yeah his stupid band. I guess we band, that, and like right. that's all he wants to do. So it's like so that's why I think he was just putting a little bit of extra pepper on the fact that he's staying out of what's going on because he because really, he like had an epiphany one day. He's like, yeah, I don't want to be. He doesn't want to be a GM. He doesn't want to be right. a president or anything like that. He'll be the owner. He'll just sign the checks and whatever. But I don't think he's actually going to sell this team. Like when you have an item that is going to co- continue to just gain yeah you money over the years like it's never gonna lose him money and why would you sell it so yeah. unless someone came in with like 10 billion dollars say hey i'll sell you the team then sure but it doesn't sound like he actually legitimately wants to they just pulled a little right. like the media does you pull a little piece of it that just happens to say i would if right and turn and it into a story where they turn we're not it into actually a story. learning anything new it's the same old james dolan uh where the Knicks are not his priority. And so this is the big thing with Dolan. This idea that, okay, so yeah, I, I, oh, I've had this epiphany and he let Phil Jackson take over. And now he's had this epiphany. He's going to let Perry take over and all this stuff. It's always the same story until James Dolan gets involved. Carmelo Anthony. He had Donnie Walsh and Dan Tone. They were doing their thing. And then it's like, okay, 
we got to get Carmelo Anthony. Dolan steps in. We trade every, everything that they were doing. Dane Tony's like, I don't, I don't want this guy. Hey, too bad. So Dolan comes in. I'm going to bring in Phil Jackson. Everyone's like, oh, my God, Phil Jackson. He's going to do everything. They start losing. Phil starts saying nasty things to Carmelo Anthony. He starts uh, saying that Porzingis is tradable. What happens? Dolan steps in, fires Phil Jackson. Now, a lot of people agreed with that, but ultimately he still stepped in and he's affecting the future of the team each and every time. So this was a conversation over the break I was having with my brother and uh, with a, a good family friend. Ken, how do you trust Dolan? He, oh, no matter what he says, his actions are at some point he always gets involved and it falls apart. And this family friend of mine, he's been a Nick fan since the Clyde days. And he told me he made a decision 15 years ago to never watch a Nick game or a Ranger game again until Dolan sells this team. As long as this guy is involved and can make decisions, I'm done. And I got to tell you, when you look at the last 15 years, <laughs> I think you made a pretty good decision because <laughs> it has been brutal. Tough to watch. Um, and so I got to ask you, that's the big question. Like, do you now trust that Dolan is never going to be involved? And that's it. The I mean, I don't know that he'll never be involved. I like the minimum amount that he is currently because, you know, he's really not doing... I mean, there's nothing really to do. So he's... Uh, yeah, if they're just letting them lose, go ahead. But I think, like, in the case of Phil Jackson, there's no one else that could have fired Phil because Phil was at the top. So Dolan was the only one that could have. And, you know... And apparently Phil's not, like, he can't say anything about the team until March because he's still getting paid by them. So, Luke, like, Luke Walton said he's planning on speaking out more about it after that last paycheck comes. So, I'd be curious to see what he's got to say. But, yeah, I mean, yes, James Dolan is going to be the the rotten part of this team. And can we trust anything he says? Not really. But... To this point, like, right now, I have no complaints because he's not doing anything. So, right. And there's nothing really for him to get in the way on. If he decides he wants to sell the team, cool. Yeah. If he if he keeps hanging around, all right, fine. You know, it's <laughs> I'm not losing sleep over it. My feeling is, is that the Knicks... James Dolan, he stepped in with the Phil thing. Because he got a chance to be the hero. Uh, he knew everyone was against Phil. There was not a single person, at least with a loud voice, saying we should keep Phil here. The mm. Carmelo Anthony thing. It was the same kind of thing. All of New York was screaming, we want Mello. Everyone wanted Mello. And even when he came, like it, it was kind of working a little bit. I mean, we went to the playoffs. The Knicks won their first playoff series. So there was some good that came out of it. But we'll never know what Donnie Walsh and D'Antoni could have done for the team. And it's funny because you look at the Rockets, who just went to the Western Conference Finals, and when D'Antoni was with the Suns, who should have won an NBA championship um, when they got hosed by the Spurs. So this is another thing where right now, like you said, he's not involved, but I am very concerned that if the Knicks keep losing – which I think they're going to still for for a while until they make a big move. At some point with all these young players, we've kind of talked about this, where I think the Knicks at some point are going to have to make a big trade and or sign a big free agent. There's going to be both. That's how you put together a good team. I mean, when the Lakers got Shaq or when Boston got Garnett uh, and Ray Allen, the great teams, even Philly this year, try getting Jimmy Butler, which – might talk about later, I don't think was a good move uh, for Philly to do. You have to know when to pull the trigger, when to do everything. And, like, I just worry that the it's all going to be about timing and whether James Dolan is going to have that need to step in and be the hero. And the way history's gone, there's nothing that shows me that James Dolan is not going to do that. 
I think James Dolan is the ultimate problem with the Knicks. And until he is gone, we got to get really lucky for him not to step in and, and screw this up. Real, So many pieces have to fall exactly for him not to step in. And the way the franchise has gone, the way things have gone, I just... There's going to be some bumps in the road, and I know as soon as he sees that opportunity to, on the surface, look like he's the hero, he will probably screw this all up. And uh, the Knicks will have to restart again. And uh, I hope something will change. You know, you just have to see how it goes, see what events kind of happen before us. But I I had an enlightened moment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> talking to a bunch of Nick fans where, you know what, they, they convinced me as long as Dolan is around, it, it, it's not going to be good. So hopefully the Knicks can move forward and it'll be good. But I, I just, this guy, man, he's the worst. Like for him to go into an interview, he owned the team and even say, eh, I don't really want to, owning a team is not really like my passion or like, that's a problem when you're, you're, your leader, the guy who owns the team is outright saying i don't even really like basketball <laughs> like he like he said if the knicks won a championship he wouldn't even go to the parade <laughs> like that's ridiculous oh god i hate this guy so much and i think it's also that he knows nobody would want him to be there so he's like yeah if they won i'd probably you know i'd maybe watch it but i wouldn't be he wouldn't be like the warriors owner that's like on the float with the team and stuff uh, doesn't that and make I was you like, sick? Because yeah, he probably thinks he'd get killed if he was out there. But. How, do, how does that make you feel, Marcus? I mean, I'd, if he if he's just the guy who's just signing the checks and uh, has no real emotional attachment to the team, then that's fine. Because we know he's such a dick of a person that it's like, all right, then remove yourself from it and... Let the guys you put in charge handle it, but but you know it is weird that he would be like, yeah, this is my team, and I really couldn't care. Right. But the problem, even with that theory, though, is he still has the power. At any moment, he can make a decision that affects the entire organization, and so the fact that he has that power and he can do it at any time—it's terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's it's yeah. He's got. He's got his, uh, he's got the code, man. Hit on that button. All right. That's enough miserable Knicks talk, I think, uh, for this episode. Let's, let's talk MVP. We're in the, we're in the middle of the season. Uh, MVP talks are starting to, to heat up a little bit in the NBA. Um, it's, it's an interesting one because you don't know till the end of the season who, who really should be deserving of it. But I think it's still an interesting topic to say who is the MVP right now in the league. And also what makes your MVP? Why is he your MVP? Because I think the biggest problem MVP has turned into this, like, what does it mean? Is it the best player on the team? Is it who affects their team the most? Is it just who's the best player uh, overall uh, going to the league, regardless of record? Like it, it's such a big question that, you have to define what an MVP is before you yeah, can even so, decide your MVP. So in so. making, in I guess starting this conversation, we could look at it in two ways. Are we talking about literally the most valuable player to a team, or who's the best player in the NBA? Because that's pretty much how everyone looks at it. Yeah. And- See, this this conversation drives me nuts because for me, the MVP of the league is and it's over the course of the regular season, is the question, who is slash was the best player in the regular season that year? So how you answer that and what each part of that, what does that mean to you? So I think all those things matter. It means to me, well, what's their record on the team? How are they as a player? What are they doing this year? Um, all these things, I think you have to take into account all those. And I think it's up to you to decide what carries the most weight. So when I put all those things together, I can't, I hate to say this cause it drives me nuts, but right now I have to give it to James Harden and it, it, it hurts because I hope by the end of the year, he's not the MVP, 
because LeBron James has been hurt. So I have to take him out. He hasn't played enough games. His effect on his team is absolutely huge. I mean, you've seen the Lakers turn around. But at the same time, like he's he's not playing right now. And so I, I can't I can't really give it to him. And his stats I don't think are are high enough in the season he's having. He actually is getting a lot of support from his team too. Uh Giannis was kind of my close second. Um I take away some points for him because he does play in a weaker Eastern Conference. Um I think that his overall, a lot of his points are just around the basket and his dunks. I think his shooting and his, he can't really stretch the floor too much with his shot and just the overall season he's having again. And it's, it's amazing. So we're talking about MVP. We're talking about a lot of great players. The Joker was a big conversation uh, that's happening right now of he's having an MVP season, Steph Curry, all these guys. But what kills me about Harden is that he's also a product of D'Antoni's system. So his stats get inflated because of how everything is built around him. But what he's doing right now in this stretch that he's on, if he keeps doing this, he's the clear MVP. And I I can't take it away from him. He's doing just incredible things on offense and watching him play. He is now taking the Rockets, just moving up those standings. Uh, It's unbelievable to watch. And when I watch that guy play. it's kind of crazy that, like, you look at last season and people were like, oh, he's, he's... Looking better because Chris Paul was there and he didn't have to, like, handle the ball as much. So he was scoring a lot more and you just put him in the clutch, he'll hit the shots. But now he's doing it without Chris Paul. And it's that's what's making it even more crazy. That's yeah. like So it's kind of closer to what it was the season before where he was still really good. He was mm-hmm. the best player. And they're like, well, he couldn't get over the hump, so he needs that help. So they got Chris Paul in there. Yeah. But now he's just like, okay, now I know I can do both. I'm just going to do everything. And it's insane that the stuff that that he's able to do. Yes, he travels most of the time and yeah. gets fouled on ridiculous calls most of the time. But look at the, some of the shots he hits. Like, it's unreal. Like, that game against the Warriors. Yeah. That shot was unreal. And you're just like, okay, you're like, what are you going to do? You know? <laughs> like followed by that ridiculous Kevin Durant out of bounds play. It's like probably the worst call maybe I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but I, are you also on board with the, the James Harden up to this point? So what I was going to say was that you can't like, if he comes back and they make the playoffs, I don't see why you wouldn't give it to LeBron. I just... Seeing what one... It's like it's kind of the same thing. Like Seeing what one player can really just carry a team by themselves. Which is why I think you take... Like you're taking Steph out of the equation. You're taking Durant out. Because they're on the same team. And they kind of have each other. Yeah, you Steph to start out though was him. having a kind of season. Watching him play. And you saw when he was off the team. And how the Warriors were struggling. Like... I think Steph and LeBron, yeah, are still in the conversation going into season's end. I, and like Steph I still don't... is the best player. I think he's still the best player on that team. I do, and too, it shows actually. when he's not when he's not there or when he is there. The difference is so different. And just because he can do so much, when you have it's the the ball, primary ball handler that's he can either get you points, he can get other people points. And he could take you off the dribble. He could drive to the hoop. He could do it. He could do everything. He facilitates but, that whole offense. He is the so, exactly. So like that. Kevin Durant, you can see he's trying more when Steph's not there. Sure. Like he's got to put up more shots. And so Steph, there's a case for Steph to be the MVP. I don't think he would ever get it again. But yeah. But I could see LeBron get just like I don't know. There's just something that I get a feeling like he could get it and it pains me to say it but i think if he comes back i don't even know why he's been out for so long he's been out since christmas for a, a groin injury yeah he's sitting injury, on the bench, that's tough man yeah and sit on the bench drinking coffee 30s, every game yeah when you get when you get to that age um, yeah i guess yeah he's no spring chicken um so and but like you said lebron totally still these guys still in the conversation but or or who we haven't even brought up Kawhi. i mean they have the best record in the league. And yes, they have they about had the a, same record they had last 
year. Yeah, they have. Two, so they were the number one seed last year too. You pretty sure. much just swap two players of equal value, but one's a lot better. And yeah, this is their time to come out of the East. I think they come out of the East and still don't win, but sure. I I wouldn't. I mean, give give Kawhi a little a little a little combo. Put him. In, he'll be. Uh, I don't know. He'll be in the top five of the conversation, depending yeah. on how they finish it out. So. I really think, though, it all comes back to, and when you look back, who was the MVPs of previous seasons, and everyone's like, oh, is it just who's the best player in the league? Is it the, you know, all the things we're talking about. I just think you have to look about it, look at it as, in that year, in the regular season, who was the best player in the league? And if you're not watching the games, you have to watch. You have to watch the guys play. You can't just look at stats. Because I remember, too, when Russell Westbrook was, he averaged that triple-double, it was like, oh, he averaged a triple-double. You have to give him the MVP. But it was like, it was more than the triple-double. You, you have to watch him play. And that season, he was unbelievable. Those Steve Nash seasons that he won, and everyone's like, oh, LeBron should have won it because look what he did with his team and this and that. But, like, those seasons with Steve Nash, if you watched those games and watched him play, you would have been like, you know what? LeBron is a better player than Steve Nash. But that season, Steve Nash was, he had the best regular season. He was the MVP of that season. When Michael Jordan won all those MVPs, he was winning them because he was the, not only the best player in the world, but he was also the best player in those seasons. There was no one else who was having a better year than him. And you've got to watch them play, their effect on the game, their effect on their team. It's all of those things combined what they can do on the court, how you weigh them, see how the whole season's going. There are just so many factors. You have to take them all into account. And I think also looking at the at the records, because even the year Russ won it, their record wasn't that good, which was what some people were on the fence yeah. about giving it to him because it's like, okay, he's averaging a triple-double because he's the only one doing anything on that team. And he's trying to yeah. carry this team. And he didn't carry them as far as an MVP should have. So, okay. like, James Harden gets it, but they get to the Western Conference Finals. Steph gets it, they win titles. Yeah. So, every time LeBron got it, they were in the, he was in the Finals or he was in the Eastern Conference Finals. You got to win. So, I want my MVP to be a winner. This Anthony Davis should be in the MVP discussion. Your team is 20-22, and 22, Anthony Davis. You have – your team is not that great around you, but you still have some guys who can play basketball – and you got to win games, dude. Like, I love watching Anthony Davis. I think he is a fantastic player. But to me, he's not even in the conversation. Your team is 11th in the West. And you that have a I think, losing record. You are not an MVP candidate. I'm sorry. And that's, that's why, yeah, that's why I think he's never going to get it. Because, he shouldn't. Or why he shouldn't be in the conversation. Because, yeah, your team is not good. You know your team's not good. And to be the best player on a bad team... It's like that's Will that's, your team that, to more victories. That's not an MVP. You know? Go earn the MVP exactly. Thank you. And I think I remember you remember those years when uh Amari was getting those MVP champs? And, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I mean he's carrying that team and we had a winning record. And then, you know, so he was probably like eighth in the conversation, but at the end of the season. But you know, you have to be it doesn't count if you're not winning games. Like Giannis can be in it because, and they have the record to back it up. Like he's shown progress and he's shown to be getting better and that he is the primary player on that team. Like they're not who they are without him. But like you said, he's got flaws in that game. Yeah. You know, he's scoring on fast breaks and dunks and he could, you know, he'll shoot occasionally, but he knows he's not a great shooter and they're not going to be, they're not going to get to the next level until he can knock down those shots. But Brooke Lopez Right. Is, his, is their best shooter. <laughs> now, I will say, though, when it comes to Giannis, his game works really well with his team because he has a lot of guys who can spot up and shoot. There's a lot of shooters on that team. So his game, because he can't shoot well, is still fine. It still works for his team. But for him to be the MVP, I don't think his game is there yet for him to be the MVP. And... The problem is there's a guy named James Harden in Houston who is just playing ridiculous right now. And so 
those little things matter. These are these guys are the best of the best. These are all top ten players in the league. So you know it's going to get closer to. And let's not forget too. I, we kind of a little bit mentioned the Joker out in Denver. Um, I see Denver as a their regular season team that's winning all these games. I think still. I don't think they're going to finish number one in the West by this season's end. They'll still be among the top. And I think they're going to lose a playoff series probably early on. Maybe they'll win one, but I think that's as far as they're going to get because the playoffs are a completely different beast. And, you know, it just kind of, that's the way the NBA goes. Uh, But it's been an interesting uh, middle of the year. You know, I, uh, it's, it's, it's been good. It's watching other NBA games has been other, entertaining. Yeah, other teams, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Knicks. Uh, it's almost over. Getting ready. I think we're going to have to start doing some uh, some more research on potential draft picks um, as we get closer. I'm starting to watch a little some highlight reels, paying a little more attention, getting closer to March Madness. like to see what kind of talent we got going on. Uh, some nice overseas pick. I think I think there'll be a pretty good pretty good draft class. So. And hopefully we're we land in that bottom three. You never know, and then let the balls bounce. You never know now with this new lottery system. Yeah, what's gonna happen? So I mean, ask any Nick fan; they're gonna be like, "Well, we're gonna get screwed anyway." So, sure, and of course, but, the one year now that we're you know probably almost definitely gonna be in the bottom three again, uh, they changed the rules that gives us less of a chance to get that bottom three pick. It's the Knicks, man. This is. This is what we signed up for. This, this is it. Um, it's been real, man. I, I, I've had a good time. It, it's it's good to be back. It's, yeah. Well, really and is. in the new year, we're gonna we'll, we'll bring in some surprises. Who knows? We'll uh, maybe we'll shake things up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. yeah we'll see. You know? Yeah. Uh, we got it. It's it's 2019, baby. It's uh, <laughs> you stealing my babies? Uh, yeah, man. All right. Good stuff. So, till uh, next week, should we do it again? I think we should. Let's yeah, do it. Why not? Episode seven is a wrap. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Knicks. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>